With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, Car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today. Jonathan Pierce. Eric Cantona has jumped in and seen a kung fu kick. A fan. Terry Alderton. Do you like shoes, madam? And friends. <laughs> JP. The mad side of genius. And T. Good to meet you, love. The football friendly. Yes, welcome indeed to JP and T, the Football Friendly. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, how are you, Tal? I'm very good, thank you very much. Uh, had a week of it, a bit of a uh, bit of uh, walking. Around. Actually, I was, I did do a bit of walking around, crying in my pants. But I've been, I've been working. I've been working on a comedy drama. I'm doing some little comedy drama thing. So um, I've been busy doing that and doing my own braining and not sleeping. But apart from that, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. I'm not. I'm help me. No, I'm fine. <laughs> what about you? How was uh, Wolves in Liverpool? Well, a few Liverpool fans crying in their pants right now, aren't they? Yes. That was, a, that was a really worrying performance for them. They're on this terrible spell and, uh, you know, losing away, losing anywhere at the moment. And it was just, they looked so dishevelled and flat. And when I interviewed Jurgen Klopp afterwards, you know, he's so springy in everything mm. he does and mm. smiling and everything. Yeah, because the and, interview, um, I noticed it. It, it, was a bit, it was a bit strange on Match of the Day. What? Some- yeah, it was. He, he, he was. He was really upset the way they start the game because they were they were appalling. I don't think I've seen a Premier League 
centre-back start a game so badly as Joel Matter. It was he was mm. dreadful. He had yeah. a well, I think it's gone. It's gone, minutes. isn't it? It's all just falling apart. Yeah. And then, and then, as you say, the interview was was really quite weird. He was he was trying to find the words, you know. And in the end, he, he couldn't, you know, he just couldn't find them. Or just, just, just he, sighed. Just yeah, he just <laughs> sighed, like you say. He just a big sigh, and he just went. I, I, I don't. I, I, don't said, I don't know. I can't find the words. Well, I, I can't explain it. And, that, and that's really worrying. And, and I spoke to a former Premier League manager. You know. Um, later on that, that night when I was on the way back and he said he thought he noticed a difference with him before a ball was kicked this season mm. that he just didn't seem to have that bounce in him that he's yeah. had in previous years so he's been there a long time and there, you know there used to be this adage in football every three years you change the manager or you change the players Alex Ferguson was a past master at it didn't matter who they were he moved them on, you know, especially mm. if they if especially if they came up with a word of dissent in the dressing room, bang, didn't matter who they were, they'd mm. gone if they challenged his authority. Pep Guardiola does the same thing, just done it again with Cancelo. But he moved players on and brought yeah. other players in and to, he hasn't really done that, has he, at, at um mm-hmm. At Liverpool, so no. it, maybe it's gone. Maybe it's gone hopelessly stale at the moment. Well, you know what? You know when uh, you know some people they you know they talk out a term and they get kicked out, don't they? But other people, you know, they they they're geniuses with that kind of stuff, you know. And um, if you go back to the nineteen seventies, right, the early seventies, Don Ward, who owns the comedy store and runs a comedy store in London, that first started right in the Sunset Strip, which was a was a, a strip club that Don had. I'm coming to the point, Jonathan. Bear with me. And uh, at that point, they, uh, they, they started a new revolution of comedy. The reason that people like me are here and others, because it was, it was, it was, it was called the alternative comedy scene. It's complete nonsense. But the pioneers were. And you know the pioneers of the, of the great days of the Aid Edmondsons and the, and the Rick Mowers and these people. You know, Nigel Planners. You know these people. And Dawn French yeah. and Saunders. And of, course, of course. Remember, and, of course, the great Keith Allen, right? Yes. These people, yeah? You know, that movie star Keith Allen, the actor... If you could get him on the on the on this podcast, what would you what would you say to me if I could get someone like that on there? A pioneer of comedy, a, a great a great actor. What would you be saying to that? Well, I, I would say you're a genius, and I would if Keith Allen were to come on the show, I would say, goodness me, Keith Allen, why can't I be as devilishly handsome as you? And what would Keith Allen say to that? Probably say, piss off, fuck off. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it's Keith Allen. Good morning. <laughs> Hello, Keithy. What a lovely introduction. How well, lovely. I I've got best. to say before. Sorry, before we go any further, I hate podcasts. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> loathe them. And that's the only JP and team football friendly. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> ah, funny enough, until you two turned up. Um, yeah, I've always had a problem with them because it it it, it, it seems to me that the idea is is to get people on there and chat in a very casual, calm way, and uh, they're actually saying to the audience, "Oh God, look at me! I'm so relaxed." And I don't want to hear people attempting to be relaxed. You know what I mean? I like a bit of edge, as you know. And uh, maybe this one will uh, fulfil my remit. So let's have a go. Yeah, I love the fact and that also you're, it wasn't you're talking really calmly as well, Terry. It wasn't yeah. the Sunset Strip. It was actually the Gargoyle Club. Oh, was it the Gargoyle? Right. Okay. Yes. And in fact, you had to go up in a little lift. You could only get five people in the lift at the most. I mean, if there was a fire, I have no idea what they would have done. But there was. A, you'd come out on the top floor, and then you'd walk down into the kind of little stage area, down the stairs that was designed by Matisse. Is that did so? you know that? Wow. No, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. It was a copper stairway designed by Matisse. It was beautiful. Don't know what happened to it, but yeah. Anyway, that was that back then, indeed. How could you Come ever on. be relaxed yeah. as a Fulham fan? 
How could you ever be relaxed in life as a Fulham fan? With what you well, have to go through over the years. Listen, John, what my dad used to say, he was Fulham, he used to say, listen, son, we're a good second division club and occasionally we pop up into the first division. Just accept it. And, uh, you know, I did until Tigana came along and then he gave us what he gave us. You know, we became a premiership club, that's, which that's is when, kind of weird. That's when our fire came in as well, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was... Uh, Oh, my God. Who was it? Mickey Adams. Yeah. He employed Mickey Adams, who took us out of the fourth division, I think. Uh, and then the third, the old third. And then Chicana came in in the championship, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, bumped, I, don't know into what... Mickey, I bumped into Mickey on Saturday at Wolves. He, he's working for the Premier League. He's now assessing referees now. I like Mickey. I've, I've had a lot of time for him over the years. So well, I'll tell, like tell you something, John. Years ago, I... For some reason, who were the great cement makers blue when circle? they bought cement? I don't know. Not Blue Circle. Oh. Yeah, but the guy who owns it. Anyway, cut a long story short. He lived in Chelsea and he invited me round there and said, um, what do you think about this idea? I'm thinking of investing in a football club. I said, oh, which one? And he said, well, funnily enough, Brentford. And this was 15 years ago. Right. Anyway, I managed to wangle it so that we had dinner around his house, me, him and Mickey Adams. And it was in the pipeline that Mickey Adams was going to become a manager of Brentford and he was going to invest a hell of a lot of money into it. It never materialised, but look what happened. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. We had Les Strong on the podcast last week. Oh, I love great Les. Yeah. yeah. He was telling some great stories about the Marsh best... Uh, um, uh, Bobby Moore, Mullery days, you know, when they all came back oh to the club God. and everything. That must have been great. And fun Peter Story. Don't forget Peter Story, Peter the man Story, who owned the brothel. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, you, did, you ever, did you ever get out with uh, George Best and all that? No, never. No, no, no. It's, that's weird, actually. I'll tell you what happened. Because even until quite late in the Tigana years, I found it really difficult to go into the... What, I th- it wasn't the George Cohen lounge then. But anyway, it was where the players came. And I was actually genuinely starstruck. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, exactly I was genuinely starstruck. Yeah, yeah. Um, to stand next to players and became tongue-tied, you know, and didn't yeah. know what to say. It was like, oh, my <laughs> God, there's Chris Coleman. Oh, fuck, look, there's Captain Morgan. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then... I don't know what happened. I became really arrogant. I couldn't give a shit after that. <laughs> you know, when we got in the Premier League, I was just kind of rubbing shoulders with them, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. They, 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 I got a story about Chris Coleman. We were when he was a Wales manager, right? Because his nickname in the game was Cookie. You know, I don't know what the derogative was, but anyway, but that was his nickname. Everyone knew him by that, right? And he knew himself by that. So he was the Wales manager. We were at the draw for the European Championships in 2016. We, well, it was the, it was just the Christmas beforehand, and uh, I. Had to do an interview with him for the BBC for Football Focus and um, the, produ- the producer was a little bit pompous and um, I've said when's Cookie arriving who? Cookie oh my god you can't call him that you must call him Mr. Coleman <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? you can't call him that I've, got, I've, got, I've always known him as Cookie no you must call him Mr. Coleman okay so anyway we waited about 15 minutes and up he comes and I went uh, morning Mr. Coleman and he's gone Pierce what are you doing here you fat fucking <laughs> and that really put the BBC producer at ease <laughs> uh, do you know what that reminds me of? That you saying that, right? Because you've 
you've said that word now so i'm going to tell this story i've i'm i go i'm at edinburgh right i'm at the edinburgh festival right we do, we're going in it's the first show of the, of the of the festival i've got my ipad on stage for all my cues right so um but somehow i'm still connected to the internet so that way i'm still connected to my phone right so this is the point where i've gone and i was starting doing this character richie raganu at the top i go out i go good night like jimmy how you doing all this stuff right and then, <laughs> and then my my ipad starts ringing right so obviously someone's calling but it comes up keith allen right and i'm thinking oh, i've just got to take this haven't i and anyway i go hello keith how are you and he goes what 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 are you doing i went oh yeah oh yeah and he's obviously heard the giggling right and then he goes quiet and keith just goes you're on stage aren't you and i went yeah yeah mate <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> comes the keith allen show for about three minutes and he and then he, he finishes by going terry yeah i went yeah mate he went you're such a it's a great big fucking laugh i'm standing there thinking god's the first show of the season brilliant i i was i was keith the first time i met you i was terrified we um you you asked me to do some uh voice work on a thing called the crying game it was so good john it was so good yeah you were brilliant and in fact you know that was phil cornwall's first big break he actually oh, says oh, that was enough. his big break because he he improvised that jimmy uh, jimmy hill speech do you yes, remember yes, when it was yes. on the mushroom tea brilliant <laughs> but you were amazing amazing so you did the commentary for the games didn't you i did but i phoned terry up and I, I said i'm doing some work with keith keith allen i know you know him uh, what's he like and he went he's hold keith. on he's keith Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think you're embellishing something there. How long ago was this? Because I don't know if I even knew Keith at this point. Bloody hell. Yeah, I think... to be early 90s. It wasn't me you were calling. The first time I met Keith, how about this? I'm at the comedy store, right? I go on stage, yeah? Yeah. I'm I'm, doing my bit, come off. I'm in the dressing room. Door flies open, right? (laughs) This bloke walks in. uh, Bloody, what's his name? The old punk man. What was he? Who were you with that night? With, um... Do you remember Keith? Who were you with? What's his name? We went on to do the establishment st- stuff with. Oh, Victor Lewis. No, not Victor. No. Um, oh, the old punk N- NME guy. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he walks in and then followed by Keith Allen, right? Yeah. He walks in and I'm like going, you know, look, my face is like, oh, shut up. <laughs> and he goes, he comes up to me, he goes, you, you. I went, yeah. He went, fuck me. And he grabs me. Like this, right? Around the around the ears, and he plants one right on my face and he goes, Now that's fucking comedy. And I went, Right, <laughs> great. And I was just like I left the place. I can tell him this now. We're mates now, but I left the place and I was just ringing everyone, going, You are not gonna fucking believe what happened to me tonight. This is the most amazing thing. But now we're mates, so it's all bullshit. But anyway. Anyway, John, what were you saying before you were so well, rudely interrupted? Oh, rudely interrupted. It was someone who, who <laughs> knew you, worked with you, and um, I'm interested about the stuff you've done with Victor, by the way. But anyway, yeah, and he said, oh, no, he's terrifying. So uh, I, I went in. He said, he's Keith. He's Keith. He's terrifying. I went in. I was terrified of you. But then I think we had a – did we have a few drinks in halfway yes. through? Yes. And yes. And it was all, all relaxed, really. And then I, th- I think – was that before Shallow Grave – because I've, I've, I want, I've always wanted to ask you two things, right? When we've, we've bumped into each other and loads of social things and at festivals and stuff like that. But I've always wanted to ask you a couple of things. One is about Johnny Haynes, what you thought of Johnny Haynes. Oh, my God. I thought he was a genius. And the second yeah. thing is, how did Shallow Grave come about? Well, the first one, Johnny Haynes, my dad used to bang on about 
Johnny Haynes because he he used to be a schoolboy with uh, Fulham and Chelsea. Actually, my dad. Wow. And yeah, he was around at that time, and he always used to bang on about Johnny Haynes and Leggett. Uh, great footballer called uh, Leggett. I can't remember his first name. Um, but he would uh, he, he would point out Johnny Haynes, and I remember in the old days, this is back in the sixties. At Craven Cottage, at the Bishop's Park end, and in fact the corner where the cottage is, there was a dip, like a bowl. It was, you know, it, it was a dip. And I saw Johnny Haynes flick the ball with the inside of his right foot around their kind of uh, wing back. And he used the edge of the bowl to make the ball spin back when he went round the other way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He actually knew how to do it, and I saw him do it. He was, oh man, talk about, you know, great footballers have time. Johnny Haynes always had time. He looked so casual. It's just it's masterful. Yeah, brilliant. Amazing. And what was the second question? Shallow, Shallow grave. grave. Shallow Grave, yeah. Yeah, they just, uh, I can't remember how it happened. It was with the writer. I went to meet Danny Boyle and the producer. Shit, I can't remember the producer's name. Sounds awful. And I, but I met with them and um, they just did a sequence where they, I can't remember what they did. They said, how would you look if you just wanted to look very calm, relaxed and in control? And I just did a face and went like that. And they said, yeah, that'll do. And I got the gig. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, we, we were talking before we went on air, weren't we, Terry? About how much work you, how much work Keith has uh, done. It's ridiculous, man. You, I, I know a lot of what you've done, but when you actually, obviously, because we, we obviously, even I know you were in your mate. I still look everybody up and have a good nose. Oh my god, I didn't realise how much you have done. Yeah, but I've done so oh. much shit as well, Terry. I mean, I'm not embarrassed about doing crap. You know, I'm no, not you, at all. No, no. Let me tell you, foot. Oh no, no, no. Foot, soldier, listen, foot, foot, foot soldier films are very, very good, mate. Oh, man, that made me laugh. God, that made me laugh. You were in it with some Love Island kid, weren't you? He's very pretty, that oh, boy. I played football I've with him. I've got no idea. Yeah. But I was in it with... Uh, yeah. I was in it with Vinnie Jones. I mean, I loved them. They were great. You've just got to take your hat off to them, you know. Uh, what, Terry I mean, Turbo? Going, you, you, you know, there's all these fuckers, right? they got fucking BAFTAs and all that shit. I've been up for two myself, you know what I mean? And they still take the piss out of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> half of them are just... I know some of them from when I used to live. You know, they're just punters aren't they that have just gone and put this film together so there's kind of a hat, hat off to them Keep no but the work ethic is is amazing and what they've managed to do yes it is it's it quite is. incredible to be yeah, honest with you it is and craig's been in all of them i think hasn't he oh i love craig he's yeah. great he's a big boy, he's so craig. great craig fairbrass yeah, he's craig such a lovely fellow a guy who went totally under the radar and it was actually his energy that um that got it all going was a guy called tony allen um, oh yeah, Tony and he used Allen. to do. Yeah, he used to do uh, a lot of street theatre, and he, he was always a regular speaker at um, uh, speaker. The Godfather of comedy, Hyde Park. Yeah, I think so. And he's gone right under the radar, and people kind of ignore him. But I can tell you, without Tony Allen's energy at the yeah. time, a lot of what happened wouldn't have happened. So he, he deserves the respect. But anyway, we were squatting in uh, just off Harrow Road. And he was about five doors down from me. And he came and he said, Kate, have you seen this? Fucking brilliant. So I called the comedy store. I did it last week, the first one, with a fella called Alexi Sal. He's funny. Um, why don't you come down and have a go? 
and so the second week I went down and uh, yeah it was great it's full of energy it's brilliant it was an interesting time just to let people know there was a really good thing there were the isms right so you weren't homophobic you weren't racist and all that that was kind of the ruling right it wasn't a rule but people Mm -hmm. didn't do it but at the same time where now that still stands as comics but we now live in a world where you can't say that well you can't say but actually in an ironic way you did say what you said and i remember him telling me some of the the the, the subjects that you tackled he said you'd be standing there going keith would just go straight into it you know it'd be a taboo subject that was going Going, oh no, let's not talk about that. Let's put it under the mat. And he said, Keith Allen would come out and he'd have gags galore on it. Well, kind of. I mean, I don't remember any of it. I was so off my fucking tits anyway. But, um, <laughs> happy days. Um, I do remember going on a program that uh, I think the great Tony Wilson hosted oh, wow. uh, up on yeah. Granada. And it was at a time when. Um, you know, a lot of... You have to remember, you've got to put this into context, right, which is that comedy was so far removed from, uh, you know, what you would call youth culture. It didn't exist. There, mm. was, there was comedy that existed in men's clubs. Um, that If you were a punk or, or, you know, of the punk ethos at that time, you never went near a working men's club. I mean, it was, it was just so removed from your cultural map. So comedy didn't, it did, this didn't exist. Nobody ever went to see a comedian if you were under the age of 20, 20 you know, you 25, you just didn't, it didn't exist. Um, so anyway, that, that, when it started to take off and these new comedy circuits, you know, jonglers and these places came into existence, there was a recognisable threat because people like you said, Paul Jackson were putting, you know, stuff on mm. TV, the young ones. Correct. And uh, it, it became known as alternative comedy, you know, um, kind of spearheaded by that cunt um, Ben Elton. I fucking loathe. Um <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm sorry, I've just chatted myself. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, God, hang on a minute. Oh. Um, yeah, so anyway, I was invited by Tony to come up to, and have a discussion with uh, a lot of what we call Northern Working Men's Comics, you know. And one of them was Jim Bowen, and he was going, you know, I'll tell you, it's not funny. It's just not funny. You know, you've you got to be funny. Bloody, bloody, blah. And I pointed out to him, yeah, but the problem is... I could tell exactly the same joke as you about a black man or a lesbian or an Irish person. And because of my context, which you would you would recognize as soon as I came on stage, you would not for one minute think I was either racist or homophobic. Mm. Whereas with you, people would be a bit undecided, mm. to be mm. honest. Mm. Mm. And, you know, that was kind of uh, my feeling about it all. Yeah, and the other thing as well, because of, because what we were called the alternative comedy, you know, the alternative to being funny, as they were always saying, was the fact exactly what you were saying. It's more, we, well, I say we, but, you know, it's thought out. It's thought out in a way of not just going up there and going, oh, I heard a joke about, as, as you say, like, you know, someone of colour or black person walks into a pub. It, they were just re- reciting jokes that they thought were funny, whereas we will think about what we're saying. We well, there was that. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, and also don't run, don't run. Listen, let's not run away with the idea that there was a generation of, of uh, performers and, 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 and comics, you know, who were truly surreal and um, mm. I think came out of post war Britain. And I think they were, you know, you have to remember Bobby that all the great sitcom like writing, all the great sitcom writing, right, in the 60s and early 70s were mostly written by people who came out of the army, about came out of conscription. Yeah, yeah, true. And there was a kind of, the humour that was generated and, and there was room for a kind of 
out there surrealism, mm. you know, exemplified by Max Ball and people yeah. like him, yeah. you know, yeah. who were Max Wolf, truly Wolf. astonishing, you yeah. know, I mean, and, but, genuinely but, uh, amazing. That's like saying like Bobby Thompson and people like that, that people don't really know that well, you know. Yeah, exactly. Great, great comics. Great, great comics. Yeah. We've got to take a break. We've got to take a break, Jonathan. You can't have any questions. Got to take a break. JP and T, the football friendly. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. Welcome back, JP and Tina Football Friendly. And our guest is Keith Allen, the wonderful Keith Allen. And I've got a funny feeling, you know, I was saying when I first met Keith, I used to I used to go and see the Clash if I could. I'm a big Clash oh. fan. Mm. Did you would you would you have ever did I see you on stage with the Clash? Ever. Um not with the Clash. Not on stage. Oh yeah, once I opened for them um in Bristol. Yeah, I think I saw uh, you. Yeah, it was uh it was the Combat Rock tour. Yeah. And uh we put on uh, Pete Singh and the Screaming Pakistanis as a support act and the, sk- and the singing vicar. <laughs> it was pretty See, those were the days, man. Do you know, this is the thing I say now as a comedian, right, and I see a lot of these young comics, where are the punks, man? This is like, walk around going, where are the punks? You know, like, people exactly. go, well, you're a bit weird, Terry, you're a bit out there. No, I'm not. I'm just expressing. You know, I mean, come on, what, the singing, what, the singing Pakistanis and the what? It's Pete Singh and the Screaming Pakistanis. <laughs> I mean, come on! That's what it's about. Come I, I, on! I've got, I've got, I've got three kids. You, you, you both met them all, right? And um, they don't listen to this, by the way. But, and, no. uh, but I said to them, Keith's coming on, and uh, they'll love this. They'll be listening to this. That they met, <laughs> they met Keith at the at the Latitude Festival. That's funny. Before the break, you were talking about accessibility to to comedy. There still really yeah. isn't. If you're under eighteen, you can't. You, but that's one of the reasons I took them to the Latitude Music Festival every year because they can mm. see comedy there. And then mm. we we bumped into Keith Terry. We, we um, I was with my daughter, and uh, we were down at the kids section. Right, she was only tiny. I was and, there. And, uh, I was there with and you. He, he, he's come along on a bicycle, and I and I went, oh Keith, and he he stopped, pretended to recognise me, but he didn't. And then he he's gone, oh yeah, Pierce, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and he told me you were there. But my daughter's fixated on Keith Allen's face. Right, she can't take her eyes off Keith Allen's face. And then we met <laughs> later on uh, in, in that big tented area before you moved to the establishment mm. club in the, up in the woods and um again they're fixated with your face and i remember keith you turning around to me and saying what's the matter with your kids but you were sheriff of Nottingham at the time ah. you had the gold tooth didn't you that had poison yes in the sheriff of Nottingham, yes. and they wanted to see the tooth <laughs> ah. it's all make-believe man it's all made, it's not real it's not real i tell you what you're saying about that people who go to festivals and go to latitude and the comedy tents and all that i don't do i don't do the comedy tents and stuff it's not really my thing but when Keith uh, said to me, "Come and come and come and do the come and do latitude for me," and I was like, "Oh, no, I don't do it." And anyway, turn up, and then that's you see that you find those little gems at these yeah. festivals. You see, if anyone goes to latitude next time, and if Keith's there, I know he hasn't been there for a couple of years, but you've got. No, to we're find, doing it this year. Well, oh, kids, wow. 
You've got to find this tent, right? Because if you want to be out there and you want to be punk and you want to see some phenomenal bands, not this mainstream stuff you're watching. Who was Keith? Who was the, the guy who came on? Uh, he was like an Australian. He played like a devil guitar and he's, he, the, the, the girl was on the drum. Was oh, it? yeah. Hat, 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 hat fits Cara. Oh, my God. They're brilliant, aren't they? Keith's got to be. You've got to come watch this. Got to come watch this. And the energy, Keith, in it. I mean, the energy. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's the most unbelievable thing for 30 minutes of these. And then Keith didn't let the guy go. He goes, no, no, don't stop. Just give us some of your devil guitar. And he's unbelievable, <laughs> this kid, isn't he? <laughs> Great player. Unbelievable. Yeah. Is, 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 is it in the same place, Keith, as you go down yeah. to the festival on the left? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We're doing it. But it's the first time back in three years. Oh, people have got to go. It's late. It's oh, late no, night, but... isn't it? It's always late night. Yeah. Yeah. It? We've got some great acts on this year as well. Really good. Oh, I'm not on. Really. There's a guy called, guy called Ren. You've got to see him. <laughs> we'll come. We'll go. The trouble is, by the time I get to you, especially if it's like the Saturday night, or even the Sunday night. It's like the last thing we do in the festival is come and see you. I'm, mm. I'm, um, I've had three days on it, and um, I'm. I don't really know what planet I'm on, to be honest. Well, but John, how do you think I feel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just don't. I get there, and usually I come and do the Sundays. And Keith, Keith, like if I was, if it was me, I'd be just probably in my trailer going just do the show. But he's banging around still, yeah, bobbing really. around. He's on the. Where's Keith? Where's Keith? Do you know the one thing that Keith loves to do, everybody? Right, this is what he loves to do. He goes, yeah, you'll be on. You'll be on half ten. You'll be on half ten, and you're going all right. And they go, "Where's Keith?" And he he might be on the drums now, on the band. Just joined the band with the drums, and he'd be on the keyboard. And he go, "Where's Keith?" And he goes, "Oh, you're on half ten, right?" And it'd be like, you know, I'm not kidding you, Jonathan. It'd be like nine thirty, and he go, "This guy that's coming on next, funny, funny." Oh, and I'm thinking, not he's not, he's not. Ladies <laughs> gentlemen, Terry Alderton. And you're like, what the? And he just goes, "Yeah, I like to keep you on your toes." You see, you're like, and you're going, "Wow, wow." And it's good though because you're in a panic, so the, the audience get you panicked. You're going, "Oh, all right." It's just, yeah. it's a bucker for that. I just oh. you know we talked about Max Wall earlier on. Yeah. Actually, there's a little bit of Max Wall in Terry, isn't there? In some, Love yes, Wall. yeah. He, yeah. he, there was a little bit into, and people should go and see I keep saying every week I say it in a podcast Keith people should go and see Terry but there, there's a bit of Max Wall in, the, in there isn't there he's got a great yeah. gag man there's yeah. going to be a lot of people in Bristol tonight how do you know because they bloody live there <laughs> Beautiful. That's beautiful. a very good impression. Uh, he was beautiful, wasn't he? Because he was an oh. actor, wasn't he? He was. He was an actor. Oh, he's brilliant. He was he an was, actor. I mean, people don't realise that. And then he, the eccentric dance, and the, I mean, and the boots, and that is so vaudeville. And it's funny we were talking about alternative comedy when really in the vaudeville world and the, oh, the musical, it was already going on. It was absolutely. It, it got oh, comedy got hijacked in a in a in a mother-in-law world, didn't it? But it, you know, it was brilliant. I remember I was. I was doing a film somewhere up north and uh, it was in a stately home. Anyway, the, the, the green room that we were using, um, the green room, folks, is not a room painted green. It's where <laughs> actors go and uh, change into their clothes and relax. Yeah. Anyway, I noticed all these posters and they were um, musical and vaudeville posters, right? And what, what I noticed, it was such a brilliant kind of ism was the axe, whatever they were called, you know, it was, uh, they always had a kind of strap line, which they used to put on the posters. And you'd have something like, you know, uh, John and Terry, they don't kiss their mum. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Mickey and Long John Pete, they won't do the washing up. But here they are. <laughs> I mean, it was, 
that was kind of par for the course and it's it's kind of surreal and weird but people accepted it you know and you're quite right it did exist long before this supposed yeah. well it was like it was like tony hancock and all that when they used to do the windmill theater at lunch times and you get yeah, cozy people coming in that watch the strippers and the, and the comics and wasn't that amazing they were doing out outrageous stuff well i mean it's kind yeah. of come back a little bit sometimes a bit of comedy with a bit of burlesque and like you do when we we the establishment gigs for well, we keith and uh victor um tried tried to well we did successfully start doing that kind of thing again it was brilliant these like mad cabaret shows with dickie bow and what have you and and by the way victor lewis smith by the way jonathan right yeah you 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 want to see that man play the piano oh yeah. my god well you won't he's dead but you know he was a mad sort of genius wasn't he an f- unbelievable tv person i thought no we've, brilliant you, you you worked you worked with him didn't you quite often you've worked with some great people haven't you um over the years i'll tell you what when we're talking about um you know funny people a lot of footballers you know are funny people we mentioned les strong beforehand i, I was lucky enough to work with bobby moore as you know and Bobby had a wicked sense of humour, and a lot of them do, you know. The people look at footballers and go, oh, they're just footballers, they, you know, they haven't got brains and everything like that. That's totally wrong. And, and um, Of course. A lot of them are really fun- quite funny people. Very, very good sense of humour. Yeah, humans. Gailey's funny. Gailey's a funny boy. Yeah, they're, they're another Fulham connection. Yeah, Tony. <laughs> Tony. Tony's good fun. He's, a, he's, he's funny. He's got, a, he's got a, a good wit about him. And, and it, you must be smiling now as a Fulham fan because mm. things are going brilliantly. It's unbelievable. Above Chelsea, above Liverpool. I think for me, the best result so far this season was that nil-nil with Chelsea the other mm. night. You know, it was, uh, we went out there and we were competitive. We weren't scared. We played on the front foot. And, you know, and I was so, so pleased. Um, so, yeah. I'm not idiotic, you know. I think we are on a very good run. Do we want European football? I was thinking about this. In fact, I was talking to Roy Hodgson, funnily enough. I went to the Fulham-Tottenham game uh, on the Monday where we narrowly lost 1-0. And uh, we were talking about that European run, you know. And I think the difference now is back then... it, 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 It didn't affect your season quite so much because you know you had play teams like Leicester Wolves Portsmouth do you know what I mean I used to look at those and think well that's three points in the bag anyway whereas now you've got so many clubs compressed outside of that top six that six points suddenly means you're you know what I mean you're either out of danger or you drop six points and you're in danger and I think that a European run would be it's, it's unnecessary for us you know we want to you know establish ourselves as a Premier League club again so in a way I'd rather we didn't get the Europa League to be honest yeah Yeah, I I think that the the one thing about the or one of the things about European football as well is people get so whipped about it the fans get so whipped up about it therefore you've almost you almost have to have a good start in the European thing at the start of the season and that can affect your first six Premier League games you start first oh listen look what look what happened to West Ham yeah you know I mean, it's, uh, I don't want that to happen to us. Yeah, that's exactly what So I'd be very thinking. happy with a top 10 finish. I'd be very happy. Even 12th would do me, you know. But it is interesting that now... Sorry, go on. No, go on. You finish, go on. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's interesting that now, like I say, two, two or three games you don't win or you just manage to snatch one draw, you're suddenly just, you know, fifth from bottom. And it gets worrying. So it's incredibly competitive. 
I think you're right now that you're 32 to, to 18. What I keep forgetting as well is, you know, uh, we were talking about at Christmas, you know, if you're bottom at Christmas and all that. Actually, we're, we're, we're just past Christmas now, aren't we? I think really because of the World Cup. Yeah. yeah, you know, so yeah. uh, so so it's still a lot of time to play. There's still half the season to go, believe it or not. Oh, listen, but, we get three more wins out of what's left. Fine. Three more wins, and we're fine. I think in know. Southampton and Bournemouth are the ones that are going to be struggling. I think Jones is Jones is not going to pull that round, not at all. That was no. a weird interview. Here is interview after that game. Yeah, I did. Yeah, did you see I the did. boys in the studio after as well? What they were saying about? No, <laughs> it's not all about you, no. mate. That is bizarre. You can't. I mean, he's throwing yeah. everyone under the bus apart from himself. Yeah, yeah. It's all, yeah. all about. Well, that's you. what Scott Parker did, didn't he? <laughs> he did at the start of the season at Bournemouth. Yeah, which was strange. I like Scott. I'm a big admirer of Scott, and uh, that was that was all a bit strange. Strange the way it ended at Fulham with him. Well, strange days at Fulham. Keith, you've well, had a few of them. To be honest, I was glad to see the back of him, John. No, no disrespect, but um, I hated the way he got us to play. I couldn't bear it. And it was, you know, week by week. It was a, we'll go away, we'll learn, we'll come back stronger. Yeah. No, you won't. Oh, um, yeah. No, I was glad to see him come. That's the coaching mantra, isn't it? That is the coaching mantra. Yeah, yeah we'll go away and learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you learning? Yeah, at uh, 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 £2 million a week. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. And the, yeah, group, the group will go again. Yeah. The group. They, yeah. Don't know, they don't say the team, yeah. they always square. It's the group, and they'll yeah. go again. It is, yeah. strange. it is strange. And never mind all that huddling before the kickoff. Just start practicing free kicks. Bloody like cuddling <laughs> each other before the game. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you another thing that when you know the um, Manchester United Crystal Palace hubbub the other day, and I thought mm. yeah, I thought he was a bit unlucky to get sent off, Casemiro. So did I. I think that was ridiculous. But yeah. but but um, people go, oh, they're going to fight. There's no place in the game for, for scrabbling around like that and all that. I love <laughs> proper old school days. Yeah, absolutely. The players having to go at each other. Absolutely, I'm with you on that one, John. Do you still get a buzz out of football? Do you, you, you're so busy. Can you go often at Craven Cottage? No, I don't, because I'm miles away. I live in Stroud, you know. Oh, right. So it's, uh, you know, it's it, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, no, I'm not. I've never been a kind of fan who travels all day and then comes back home. No, not at all. Um, you, it takes it takes about a day to get up his hill out of his out of his wood, wood yard. <laughs> it's a phenomenal house there. He lives in the most. Just don't say place. that. You get the thieves around this. No, it. no, they won't, because they never find you. That's why I can say <laughs> you won't find him, and he's like well tucked away. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, just quickly talking to football um, it's nice to see that Sean Dice is back with his mate and then go out and kick some bounces in don't you think uh, I like Sean Dice that was so the right move it, it um, is and Duncan's going to be happy because they love it they love a little team up those two don't they going he's up gone and, Duncan well, no, he's green now he's oh, the, he'll, come back green for, he'll come back for a punch up don't worry about that no, he's at Forest Green Rovers, and yes. he's been in charge for two games and lost them both. Yeah. So I, I sent my mate, who's a big FGR fan, uh, how long before we read the headlines, Duncan's Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> have you been up to Forest Green, have you? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's a, that's a only times. a spit from you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah if you like uh, a vegan I think pie. It's, uh, it is interesting because we were talking the other weeks because uh, Sean Dyche turned up at a Leicester game and we were like, what's going on there? But I think Everton getting Sean Dyche, it's cliche, but I think he's the man who will who could do this. Jonathan Oh, Pierce. no, without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt, he'll do it. Yeah, And in fact, I'd put, money, I'd put money on Everton to beat Liverpool in the derby. In fact, I'm going to. Are you? Well, that'd be a good Actually, I'd put money on Sheffield United beating Liverpool. Although they're not in the same league, I know that. 
Well, I'm going up. I'm, going to, Sheffield, I'm going to Sheffield tomorrow for the cup replay against Wrexham, which you'll about you'll see about two minutes of it. But um, I, I enjoy Bramall Lane's. I, I know it's got new stands and everything, but it's still old fashioned. That's what I love about Craven Cottage, you know, because yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, the, the new stand, which is spectacular in what it's going. It to is be, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and both ends, you know, aren't. Uh, you know, relatively, if you if if you're a bit older like we are, then they are new ends. But they're still in the corner. Whatever they do with the stadium, yeah. there'll still be yeah. the special cottage in the corner. I can't get rid of it. Name uh, name, another, name another team with a house in the corner. You can get this, Jonathan. Uh, Brentford. No, 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 no. No, Everton have got a church, haven't they? No, in the corner, it's, a, it's an actual. Uh, it's it's an old Goff Cooper house in the in the corner of the ground. It's it's mad. It's know. not far from where you grew up, Jonathan. It's not far from where Keith lives now. Just down the road, a little bit south from you, Keith. Maybe a couple of uh, hours. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't say anything. Is it uh, Yeovil? Oh, Exeter? You're near. You're near. You're near. One, one more team. There's only Plymouth. two more. Yes. Plymouth. Yeah. They've got a house in the corner. Oh, I didn't know that. Like an old 70s house. It's random. But it, they've got a house. All right, look, hang on. Let me just ask you something, Jonathan. What yeah. what's wrong at Liverpool? I think I think the manager and certain key players have been there too long together. Um, I think there needs to be they've the significant players in the squad have aged together. You can see that legs are going, but that doesn't mean you can't play a player who's, who's reached. I mean, look at what Mullery did when he came back to Fulham. Bobby Moore. Yeah. If you've got youngsters around them to do the running, you can still have that, but they haven't got the mix right. The youngsters are too young. Well, that was. Yeah, like Carvalho, who they got, and Elliot, both of them came from Fulham. Yeah. Um, but they're just not ready for it, are they? No, they're not. They, so the youngsters are too young and the older ones are getting too old, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they've been there, I think, as a group too long. And it's it's gone, it's gone, oh, it's peaked and gone a little bit. So they need to rejuvenate it. But, you know, what money is there? What if in the summer he goes to the board or the owners and uh, and says, you know, I want we, we need this and to, to revitalise that squad and get them back to winning Champions League trophies? They've got to spend two hundred million, I think, and if the owners, oh, at least, say, yeah, you're not getting anything like that. What does he do? Mm. What does he do? But then, but but you know, I mean, Klopp is an intelligent man. I mean, just down the road, you know, he looks at Guardiola and what they've done, uh, and they've always planned, planned for the future. I mean, it just seems to me like they've just arrived at this point, um, uh, and there's no kind of forward planning in place. Which is mad, a club of that size. Yeah, and there are players who aren't doing it for him either, Keith. You know, I thought I thought Salah was very poor at Wolves. Really, didn't have that yeah. old energy. Didn't seem to be putting you know putting in a great shift. There were others about the place. Robertson's not had a great season, and he's admitted it. You know, he's he's yeah. come out and fronted up and said we we haven't played we haven't played well enough, which is good, I think. Yeah. And um, but do they miss Sane that much? Uh, um. um, um Mane, 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 sorry, I think they miss Mane a lot. I think uh, mm. if, if you're asking me, they sold the wrong one in the summer, but uh, he went and and Salah stayed. From what we've seen of Salah this season, but they mm. haven't. I don't know. They all around the pitch. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look a good fit, and the mood no. I thought was poor. And you can't see them finishing anywhere near the top four. And no. you look at the table and you think if Brighton win their game in hand, they're three yeah. points off a Champions yeah. League position. Fulham yeah. are right up there chasing Europe, as you were saying, whether you, whether yeah. they, you know, it would be good for the club or not. It's um, it's, it's a bit of a sea change this year. So uh, I hope it yeah. continues. Look at Brentford. I know that'll be a bit of a sore point for a Fulham fan, but 
Look at Brentford. What, yeah. what he's, no, not he's done. Amazing. Listen, you know when people were talking about, um, you know, let's get Southgate out and uh, get somebody else in. I thought the best person for the England job is that guy. Tom, is it Thomas Frank? Yeah. 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 What a brilliant manager. That's a very good shout, that. I mean, I think he's brilliant. I think he'd be a great England manager. I really just, do. Just on, the, on that, let me just ask um, ask you, uh, uh, when you did, because uh, we can't, we, before we finish the show, we've got to talk about Fat Les and, uh, and the very successful football song, which is hard to get. And the other thing is, I don't know if everybody knows this, that f- famous football song, which is sung by Keith Allen, who is a Welshman. Yes, quite. And your point is? The point is, how comes you did an England song? Uh, because my dad, but I'm half... But d- uh, listen, right, you grew up in Wales. When it comes to... Wales, yeah, when it comes to anything, I will always support Wales first. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that I've forgotten my other half, which is Correct. the English bit. And also, Wales weren't in any competitions for years. Right. So, uh, yeah, it seemed the obvious thing to do. How did it come around, Vindaloo? We we just got so actually we just so picked off with three lions. We hated it. Um, Which is I'm not knocking it as a song, by the way. It's uh, you know it's just had its time. It's done it very well. But we just we were just pissed in the pub and said, "Fuck that! Come on, let's do an alternative." (laughs) And I don't think anyone had ever done an alternative or even thought about doing an alternative. So we literally knocked it up in one night with uh, Guy Pratt who's the bass player with Pink Floyd yeah, yeah lovely Guy Pratt and yeah. uh, convinced them that um, me and me mum and me dad and me gran were off to Waterloo me and me mum and me dad and me gran a bucket in the loo like, bucket of in the loo what are you talking about I said no no no, no it'll work that'll be the chorus and uh, they very nearly talked me out of it but no and of course that's uh, that's the winner <laughs> Uh, it was a winner. I still sing that, by the way. When we're abroad doing World Cups, we go out. When we were in the Red 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 Lion in Qatar, in the we in, the <laughs> in that pub, right? You couldn't get. We we found this pub, and the Red Lion, and to get them all singing Vindaloo, it was it was brilliant. There's, I tell you what, we got we got Brazilian fans in there, right? Brazilian fans, <laughs> Argentine fans, and they're all singing. They're all up on tables singing Vindaloo. Someone's got a video of it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, it, 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 it has permeated uh, um, British culture, I mean, from all points of the cultural compass. And I remember being up in Scotland and loads of jocks, this is years ago, singing, I am blue, I am blue, which was truly wonderful. But I'll tell you a great story. In 98, down in Marseille, I was down there. I don't know if you remember, but all the press were full of, you know, English hooligans, yobs, you know, people are hiding their daughters, they're locking them up, they're all drunk on the streets, etc., etc. And even Jimmy Greaves actually wrote a piece in The Sun saying that the reason why this yob culture is like this is because they're all out there singing Vindaloo. I thought, hang, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I am down here in Marseille, like supposedly in the middle of a war zone, And actually, at midnight, after, I think it was the Moroccan game, I'm not sure, I think, um, I'm in a square somewhere in Marseille, stood on a table, the table being held by three gendarmes, right, so that I don't fall off, and I'm leading 250 English fans with French fellas and gendarmes singing Vindaloo. Brilliant. How about that? 
That's brilliant. And that's true. That's absolutely that's true. fantastic. Like you say, John, it, it is a great song that everybody can actually embrace and you yeah, know, have fun with. It is. It's phenomenal. It is. It's great. Well, Keith, it's been a it's been a pleasure. Am I right, Jonathan? Unbelievable. Yeah, very good. Such <laughs> a pleasure to have you on. It really is. And it, I'll, I'll see you at I'll see you at Latitude. I'll definitely. Yeah. You certainly will. Go. Everyone should go. Yeah, you'll see Terry. Yeah, listen, I've got to push it. There's a kid called Ren R E N. Google him. He's incredible. He's playing in our tent. Okay. Music. Yeah. Music. 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 Oh, as, actually, you, as you're going, people, as you're going down to the festival, you go through security, and it's sixty yards down on the left-hand side. Mm. I forgot what they call it. It's, the, it's called the alcove. The alcove. The yeah. alcove. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you'll you'll see Keith there, and you'll see it's Terry brilliant. there. It, and if it, you look in, if you look in the back of the tent and see some dishevelled sort of tramp-like character <laughs> sitting on the floor, that might be you, that'd Jonathan. Be me. Yeah, that might be you. <laughs> but, uh, it will be. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant that's brilliant well Keith Allen thanks for coming on the show Football Friendly don't forget folks you can get us at JPT the Football Friendly uh, on Twitter we're on 89 now come on yeah smashing it building, we're doing building. well and thanks ever so much for following us tell your friends and all that it's, it's great that this is growing and we're having the ball so uh, on that note once again thanks Keith pleasure guys thank you very much Keith Sports Social Podcast Network Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.